happy day, my fabulous vibers. Welcome back to my podcast where I believe that every woman deserves the freedom to craft the life she wants and the guts to go after it. We will share stories, facts, and opinions on various aspects of life to give you that kick in the ass to light you up and spread killer vibes every day, 24-7. I am so excited to have you guys back today. It's been an interesting week, to say the least. This week I got a throat infection uh, and it really, really set me back on a lot of things that I was hoping to do. I was hoping to accomplish a checklist of things this week, um, starting from Monday through Friday, and it's just been a hell of a week for me. As you can tell, my voice is a little bit deeper, it's a little bit harsher. However, I am here today because you mean a lot to me, and whatever we share today means a lot to me. Today, we are going to be talking a little bit about keeping the intimacy after a long-term relationship. And a long-term relationship for me is a 20-year marriage. My husband and I have been married at least 20 years, will be married at least 20 years in November. We have been together 22 years. We met in 1998. And I think it's really important that we kind of give you guys a little bit of um, insight on how do you maintain intimacy, how you maintain the fire going, how do you keep it um, fresh and new and interesting after so many years of being with somebody. Um, it's just something that I think we really do discuss and a lot of people um, DM me about. They want to know, you know, how is it that you guys just stay so close and so connected after so many years? So this is the episode for that and we're here for that. And although I'm not feeling 100%, I'm definitely feeling 100% here for you. And let's put it out there and today my producer Arlette will be conducting a little bit of an interview because I think it's important that you all get a little bit of inside information on who I am. You all, you know, see my Instagram post, you see who I am in real life and you want to know a little bit about how, you know, this this couple, Rusk and I, just sort of... Um, maintain the fire within us and maintain a loving beautiful relationship between us and so um today we're just going to give it up to our um producer and have her interview us and let's see where it goes excited about that so hi guys um as you guys heard we're having a bit of a moment. Alicia has been battling a bit of a cold for this week. And Musk <clears throat> is having a bottle of wine <laughs> in the morning, which I'm sharing. <laughs> um, so let's see where this takes us this morning. So they say that when you first get married, mm-hmm. you go through a sexual honeymoon phase. Yeah. You want to be all over each other, you love each other, and it's so honey and sweat and laughter. Mm-hmm. But when the years go by, mm-hmm. when you have known that same body, that same person for a while, 
how do you keep that passion alive? So I'm just gonna be asking a few questions to see where this discussion can lead us. Guys, what do you think about how your personal sexuality changed? Are your preferences still the same as they were when you first started? You know, I think after time, um, <clears throat> you just become more connected to the person. And I think it's just something that, yeah, at initially it's very lusty, it's very physical. But as time goes by, especially after 20 years be with someone, you just realize that you appreciate them for so much more as opposed to the physical aspects of what they bring into the relationship. I know for myself, being married to, to, to my husband for so long, I think that I see his, his dedication to the family, his dedication to, to me, his willingness to come in and just take care of my my problems something of 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 a aphrodisiac something of a of a a a turn on because he comes in and he takes care of my problems he takes care of my issues he takes care of the things that i find important to me when he jumps in and says hey let me take care of that for you. For me, that's an aphrodisiac. That's a moment for me where like, oh my God, I love this guy so much because it's not just physicality. It's so much more emotional. It's so much more physical. It's so much more in depth. And I think at the beginning of a relationship, everybody has that lust. Everybody has that sense of like, oh, I just can't wait to be with him and, and have that sexual experience. But when years go by, you just realize that there's so much more to the physicality of a relationship. Yeah, so, <clears throat> hello everyone. It's uh, Friday, 10 o'clock, and yes, I am drinking some white wine, some Angro from Burgundy. On this particular topic, I had to let loose a little bit. It wasn't uh, business or managing people or any of that. <laughs> it's a little more emotional, mushy-wushy stuff. So <clears throat> that's not necessarily my nature, but Alicia had convinced me to, uh, to chime in on this particular topic. So I had to uh, get primed, as you would say. But, you know, it's, uh, it is, it's a lot like Alicia said. As time goes on, uh, initially a relationship does start off with lust. It's more physical. I mean, I don't think anyone has to be a psychologist to, or a family therapist to know that. And then life becomes more complex and then you move on, you evolve, you have kids, you, uh, you share experiences together. But, you know, I'm an economics major and I remember one of the very, one of the very first theories that was pounded in my head for four years in school was the law of diminishing return, which for those of you that don't know what that is, it's simply, you like something for a while, but then you lose uh, its attractiveness or you lose its, the preference for that as time goes on. So in order to keep something going, it has to change. So for example, if you like chocolate ice cream, if you eat too much of it, then you want to do, try to do something else. Yeah. And I think that applies yeah. to a to the sex part of a marriage. Yeah. Is that you know, in order for things to keep going and to be successful in a marriage and to compete to compete a relation to to continue a relationship, the sex has to change. And so it does have to get, you know, probably spicy as you would say, or maybe different. And one of the things that Lisa and I, not to get too uh, too much into details, that we always make a point to do it when we're not in town. 
<laughs> so yeah, so one of the things that keeps our relationship very fresh is that when we go out of town, we do make a point to have sex wherever we are, and we um, remember that moment in a really specific way because I think we even like plan it ahead of time. Like, hey, we're going to Italy. This would be the perfect place. It's the romanticism. Right. We're gonna have. And we're gonna just go out and just have a blast. Um, I think it's just an important component in a relationship to just really set up a really beautiful scenario where yeah. you're gonna have um, just fun together because. You know, for us, in terms of who, where we are in this point in our time, is we've been through, let's just say we've been through kids. We've been through businesses that have been in the ups and downs. I have been with him through moments where in his business he had the lowest of the lowest, and I've been with him at the highest of the highest. And so when we approach sexuality and intimacy, we see our history together and we know how we function as a couple together in those in those ways so whenever we travel we really make a point into like really having the most amazing experience wherever we are and sex is a part of that experience wherever we are and wherever we go and we travel a lot so we always make a point to really connect wherever we are and and go for it and every memory stays with us and it becomes part of who we've who we've become because you know even now let's just say 2005 Italy we can still think of that moment when we were the first night in Rome and we could not sleep and right. we went out and looked for some pizza we right. looked out we looked for some wine right. and we had the most our clock was off our clock was off. We could not sleep. Right. We were just um, having fun. Fun. Right. And I think that's important as a connection, as a husband and wife, is to connect in those things. Right. And I think Rusk and I always connected in that sense. Um, what can we do to 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 fulfill those little desires? Um, that we have as we yeah a lot of the stuff has to be spontaneous yeah you know I mean obviously it can't be planned not to not to give the impression that what we were saying is that this stuff is planned but it does the moment does have to arise you know it's it's one of those things that kind of leads to it Mm -hmm. and I think that by one of the benefits of traveling to other places that you get a different scenery you're in a different location so it's not the same redundant um, place that you're having mm-hmm. an intimate mm-hmm. moment so I think that adds a lot to it and it makes it uh, it keeps relationship going you know what I always remember to this one night that we had in Iceland do you remember that I do yes <laughs> <laughs> it's good we're drinking wine that's good we're good <laughs> but I remember us looking out into the wilderness of right. Iceland because Iceland is bare. Right. Iceland is there's nothing going on. There's nothing but rocks. Rock. This was uh, 2018, right. I think. It, it was like Iceland's November. Full of moss, so mm-hmm. it makes you feel like you're on a different planet. Yeah. And it feels like you're probably like in right. Mars or or, or yeah, whole different planet. Right. And I remember us thinking about that and looking out at it and you right. coming up to me oh, saying 
You know what? This is like the perfect moment for us to connect because we will never be here again. Right. We will never come back to this place again. Mm -hmm. And this is highly special. Yeah. And so you really kind of turned me on to that, to that sense of like, wow. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, it's not without getting into a lot of detail. It was definitely a unique place. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, yeah. it, it, it is. I mean, that's kind yeah. of going back to what we were saying. It's that you have to change up the scenery. Mm-hmm. And Iceland was definitely one of those places where it, it's, it was it's definitely unique. So it kind of led up to the moment. It did. And it was pretty special. Yeah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but what about? We have to cut Alicia off. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what about those moments, like example for this year, mm-hmm. when we cannot go out, we cannot change the scenery. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Or what yeah, about yeah. moments where, for example, maybe you don't have the money to go out as much, mm-hmm. or you don't have the time to go out as much? How do you keep intimacy over that um, that period of time, especially after 20 years? Well, you can just go to your backyard. <laughs> <laughs> really? Really, yeah. That's you properly open up a yeah, a tent in the back. In yeah, I'm not even a tent. It's my backyard, my <laughs> property, whatever the hell we want. People don't like it. That's their problem. <laughs> no one ever told you to look. No, but the, the the reality is, you send the kids off. You're like, okay, the kids have grandparents. Let's send them off. <laughs> And you take that moment for each other. He will open a bottle of wine. We will drink a bottle of wine. We will talk to each other. And honestly, you know, after 22 years, I'm still as attracted to my husband as I was from day one, or maybe even more, just because I know he has become that... He has become that person for me that I go to when I need something. Yeah. The, ad, uh, ad, the adulation. adulation. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's gonna be your turn after her, yeah. so get prepared. She does the majority of the talking. No, but but I I do appreciate how he has come through for me for this year. Honestly, COVID has made us even closer because um, I think if we were a different couple, we would be annoyed with each other. But honestly, we will lay down in bed and be like closer. Um, we will talk about things a little bit more. Um, I know that people are going through some really severe um, lifestyle changes. But for us, it's been really about connecting with each other and just saying, you know what? This is where I need you. This is where I need you to be. and. For the last five years, as I was a business owner, I was really disconnected. I was really not here present for my boys, and I was not here present for my for my husband. And he will say to you, he will obviously will really, really say to you, you came home every day after work and didn't acknowledge me. You did not even know I was here. You sort of ignored me. You were so overwhelmed by your business that you didn't even consider me. Um... But when I closed down my business in December and this whole COVID thing started in March, I really became a more um, centered person in terms of who I wanted to be and the mom that I wanted to be, the wife that I wanted to be. 
and I became so much more in tune in, in who I was really becoming. I became a more better mother. I think my kids got a a mom who was present all the time as opposed to maybe 50% present before because I was a businesswoman. And my husband got a wife that was present 70, 80% of the time now because he knew that I wasn't consumed by my job, I wasn't consumed by my business, I uh, wasn't consumed by my marketing. He knew that I was here for him 110%. So that really changed a little bit of how we approached each other. However, they always say that when you are with someone and you're with somebody for a long period of time, that you lose interest in that person. It becomes stale. It becomes stale. It becomes like, ugh, here they are again. Ugh, I'm so done with them. Honestly, for me, it just became like I just became much more attached to him. I just became much more in tune with his sense because I craved his stability. As a person who was coming from a job and in business, I craved his his sense of of down centrism. Centrism. I wanted him to be down to earth, and I needed that down to earth time. Um, I can be a little dramatic. I can be a little bit of a drama queen. And Rusk, after 20 years, has has figured out how to manage my drama queen-ness. Right. Um, that's not to say he, he, he puts up with it. He doesn't honestly put up with it, but he does manage it a lot better than I think any other person would. And I think that's mm-hmm. a relationship after 20 years that he's figured out. I let her write it out because I'll go and I'll vent. I'm like, ah, I can't stand it. I can't deal with it. Blah, 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 blah. And I'm like melting down. I'm crying. He listens through it and he's like, okay. Right. I just want to make sure you guys are all hearing the wine being poured. It's 10, <laughs> it's 10 o'clock Friday. I'm going to reemphasize it one more time. Most, most of you are probably drinking oh, coffee, but stop it. that's just how I roll. But, you know, it's to Elise's point, it's uh, the way we are, and yeah. it's mostly about effort. We, whatever we do, we always put effort into everything. Otherwise, don't do it. That's that's the way we live our life. Always. That's our central core tenant. Yeah. We're not very we're not religious people at all. We just no. know that yeah. if we're going to have a friendship, we're going to put effort into a friendship. Or if we're going to have a relationship, we're going to put an effort into the relationship. If I want to do, if I want to be good at, uh, you know, get some certifications in wine or flying a plane or whatever, I'm going to put effort into it. And it's not going to be nothing ever, nothing's ever going to be half-assed. And that's how kind of we raise our kids too. Yeah. You start something, you finish it and you do it to the best of your ability. Yeah. Doesn't always work out, but you know, it's, you got to, mistakes come and then you got to shake them off. You got to grow a thick skin. You got to move on. You can't dwell on those. And, and that's the same way we were, I approached the relationship with my wife and with my boys is you got to be a good parent got to be a good husband and otherwise no one's telling you to be a parent no one's telling you to be a husband or a wife or a mother but if you're going to do it i just suggest you do it you know life's going to throw a lot of obstacles and and punches at you and yeah but i think you would be better served getting through those if you learn to put effort into everything you do do you think that we have go through cycles 
Do you think that well, we go through like I, I, these I, life cycles, not just monthly? Yeah, I think obviously do we do go monthly cycles. Right. Well, but in years, honey. Yes, I, th- I think you should go through cycles in life, and I think it's important because you shouldn't be the same person when you are in your 30s that you were in your 20s or mm-hmm. 40s, 30s or your 50s or in your mm-hmm. 40s. Mm-hmm. I think you should evolve. I think your taste and preferences should change. You're obviously supposed to be wiser for it. Experiences are the key to uh, making good decisions and being better people. And and I think, yeah, you should. And if you're not going through cycles and you're living a very stagnant, uh, consistent life, I think you probably need to to reconsider how you do things because I think it's you got one shot at this and you uh, should do the best of your ability. Do you think that 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 the that the love you had for me in 1998 has changed in 2020 the way that we've reached our 20 year milestone now we've been married 20 years in November right so it's kind of what we you had mentioned at the beginning of the podcast is it's mostly lust at the beginning mm-hmm. and I think a lot of relationships don't work out because then the mm-hmm. mental component or mental factor kicks mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. and then relation then the couples don't re, they realize that they don't have a lot in common mm-hmm. because the physicals only goes can only take you so it far takes you so far because yeah. you have to live with somebody right mm-hmm. you have to uh, deal with their idiosyncrasies and their moods yeah, their and moods. I think you have to have a strong mental connection for the physical side to work and I think the physical will always fall into play as long as the mental is clicking and like I think we have discussed in the previous podcasts is mm-hmm. one one way for the mental to work is there has to be communication whether you like to see um, all the time so important I'm always text I'm always you know even even in business I'm always even letting my partners know even if I don't want them I don't want them to know mm-hmm. it's important mm-hmm. to know what everybody's thinking yeah. because if you're just guessing all the time mm-hmm. it's just an inefficient process and I think that in order for it to be successful I think you have to open up about yourself and I think honesty is important and if you're honest and you communicate well in your honesty then I think you can you'll be successful yeah and I want to just just add on to the communication component of this because I think it's important that we don't just see it as like you know everybody says like oh there's a cliche that you know couples only work when they're communicating it is really freaking the the real the real thing because if if the relationship isn't honest and communicating, a lot of things right. don't fall into place. Um, and it's communication even when you're not feeling it and you're like, oh, I'm not there, I can't feel it, I'm not feeling it right now. The communication really, 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 really has a huge component in any relationship that it you does. do. It right. And I know you and I are, you know, not not religious at all. Like we really don't Zero subscribe. Religion. Yeah, subscribe to any right. religion or any belief. Right. But we do know that communication, and this yeah. is something that the priest told us when we were getting married back in two thousand. <clears throat> he said to us, if the communication is always open and it's a two-way communication it will always work out for you guys and i think that is something that we really did did take to heart and we didn't forget that at all and it's something that we maintained even when you and i let's just say it's 11 30 at night and i'm pissed off at you for something we still 
fucking discuss it. Right. You will still turn to me in the middle of the night and say, okay, let's just get through this because I can't go to sleep unless you and I talk about this. And that is part of the... Um, the communication component that we have for each other and the love that we have for each right. other that we give each other that moment to mm-hmm. talk about things right. um i know there's been situations mm-hmm. where i felt where maybe you have been too close to somebody else or maybe you have felt i have felt that you have been maybe um taking meetings with women and i've never felt comfortable with it even though they were business yeah it's understandable and it's business right. and i have been like i have got to tell you about this because this right. bothers me right i need you to be a, i need you to be honest with me like i'm um feeling a little threatened by this relationship She's coming to you for business advice. She's coming to you because you're a business owner and she wants to know more about you. But in my eyes, it's just like she wants to get in in your life. She wants to know more about you in a personal level. Although there's nothing of that in the background. And I know that because... It's a natural human tendency. Right. When you like somebody, you love somebody. But the fact that you're very easily coming to me saying... No, honey, this is how it is. And this is right. where we've, you know, we, this is what we're talking about. I'm giving them business advice. Right. I feel more comfortable with that because you have communicated to me that that's not something that's, um, you know, coming between our relationship. And I'm very protective of that. I'm very protective of the relationship that we have because we have built this after 20 years. And we've gone through having nothing, having something, having more, and then now where you are just, you know, leading a life of a business owner. And and for me, it's like, okay, I need to be a part of this. I need to know that everything is is coming together for both of us. And um, it's just it's just an important component right. in any relationship, I think. Well, you always you always like to use the word we. I'm sorry, you. And I always like to use the word we in our relationship. And you come from a very different background. So you feel like a lot of the time that you don't um, feel like you deserve any of the lifestyle from where you came from. I came from a middle class uh, family. You came from a low socioeconomic family. So a lot of this stuff is like, why me? Why did I? Why did you pick me? Mm -hmm. And why did I get these experience in this world? Mm -hmm. And I always try to reemphasize the word we because we're always doing this together and and this is something else that you don't have to contribute to your relationship financially to be successful there are other ways to contribute there's you know being a good mother is obviously a way to contribute even though that comes very natural to you but it doesn't come natural to a lot of mothers out there and just Mm -hmm. like it doesn't come natural to a lot of fathers there's bad fathers and bad mothers so it's it's not that's something that's necessarily should be chalked up as natural is something that you have to put effort into being a good mom um you can be successful uh, in different components. You can be supportive of your husband. You can you can uh, stand by him in times of you know in the times of low moments, and that also contributes to relationships. So success is not necessarily defined by financial success, even though that may fulfill you one day. But I've been there. I've been through that for twenty years. Mm-hmm. I can honestly say it's great to have money. 
but it's not the end all or be all. And I'm pretty sure anybody who's listening to this has known me. They say, oh my God, Rusk has really changed because, but mm-hmm. that's, that's how it was when I was in my twenties mm-hmm. and my thirties. And as you get older, you start realizing that money is, does make the world go round, but does it make your world go round yeah. every single day? Yeah. And, and I think that's something that is important to know is that contribution in relationships can come from different angles and from different ways. And I think that I've always tried to do a good job of of realizing that we're in this together. We make decisions together on our kids. We make decisions together financially. Always kind of let you in on what's going on and goes back to the communication and the flexibility thing that we had talked about. And I think think once the mental is always clicking, the physical just falls into place automatically. And I think that's where I really want to highlight this episode is that if the mental is there, the physical falls into place. I think it's something that happens in years and years and years of a marriage where you have gone through conflict together, where you have gone through parenting together, which I think honestly parenting teenagers has really um, tested our marriage, has tested our um, commitment to each other because raising teenagers has been the most difficult thing I think we've ever done in our life. I think it's more difficult than even like building a business yes it is because you do not know where these kids are coming from you do not know where they're going and how to proceed in terms of where you're raising your kids because we are raising them based on where we were you know raised and the future of of that wait guys yeah but we're getting off topic we were talking about intimacy after 20 years right (laughs) So, I love where this conversation is going. Here we go. Yeah, you're right. But I want to draw attention to one thing that you guys were mentioning earlier. You were talking about communication. Yes. And you were explicitly talking about a spoken communication. But what about non-spoken communication? How I, For example, I saw earlier how Ross could read you without you having to say a single thing. Mm-hmm. You were just looking at him mm-hmm. like... Mm-hmm. And you already know what yes, you meant. Yes, yes. How does that grow with intimacy? Uh, but not only sexual intimacy, also emotional intimacy. Mm-hmm. How guys, how you, how do you read each other as time goes by? Well, you read, well it's you read. You know, it's. I'm. Gonna, I got to throw another business uh, component to it. It's just, <laughs> no, if anybody says that they're good at something right off the bat, is lying mm-hmm. to you. Mm-hmm. It takes years and years to get good at something. It's that ten thousand hour rule from Malcolm Gladwell in his book, The Tipping Point, or maybe it was Blink. I can't remember which book it was. And uh, he basically said that it takes that many hours, mm-hmm. on average, generally speaking, to mm-hmm. to excel something. And I think that I didn't know Alicia, obviously, the way I know her now, 20 years ago. That would be a lie, <laughs> right? So I, I, I see her every day. And, and I think that, I think the way, like, for example, in the situation that had led up to prior to recording this podcast was that Alicia was a little tense. She's feeling a little bit under the weather. And I Mm kind of got under her skin to loosen her up. And that just takes years and years of experience to get that. And because you want to be good at a relationship, Mm -hmm. you want to be good at a marriage, and you know your wife, and you, I knew what was coming, and I knew what I needed to do to to diffuse her because I just like being good at doing what I do. And I think that's that's that kind of, that she, she disarmed herself right she did kind of diffused her you know the wall that she had put up and then 
And I think what that later leads on, and I think a lot of guys need to hear this, is it's mental for women. It's not physical. You know, you can go for that six pack and you can go for those, you know, broad shoulders or whatever. (laughs) But that doesn't last if the guy's a complete jerk, right? Yeah, it doesn't. I mean, you can have the greatest looking body, but if you're a complete asshole, then what difference does it make if you have the six pack? You have to have the whole package, right? You got to have decent, you know, physical attributes, but you also have to, it's mostly mental for girls. And that intuitive sense, it's, that's very important after a long marriage or being with somebody or you're starting a relationship with someone, is having that intuitive sense that that person is really um, requiring something from you at that point. Um, and Rusk is really good at, 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 at um, identifying those things for me because he knows when I'm really not having a good time, he will disarm me somehow or he will crack a joke or he will, you know, f- give me a bottle of wine and say, here, you need this right now because you're just struggling with what, whatever you're going through. I think there is a sixth sense in men who love their women to just be like, okay, I know what you're needing right now and I'm going to be here for you in that moment. Um, years go by, years go by, years go by. The physicality changes. We go through weight changes. We go through pregnancies. I went through two difficult pregnancies where I was just miserable. And Russ took stuck through me and just said hey we'll be fine we'll be fine we'll be fine you'll get over it you'll be okay um those are the moments that count those are the moments that matter and then 20 years later you're like you know i appreciate that you were there at this point now in our life we don't have the worry about kids anymore we are not having any more we are very free in our sexuality we're very free in who what we like um, I feel very comfortable in giving him directions on what I like in terms of foreplay. I'm very comfortable in telling him um, the positions that are just the most um, pleasurable for me, comfortable for me. He's very good about doing that for me as well. I think there's a comfort level that comes in that. And if you can achieve that and you can accomplish that, you will find that. It doesn't get stale. It gets better. Right. It gets so much more pleasurable, more beautiful. You connect with somebody in such a deeper level because you're not afraid of telling them what you want. Right. And you shouldn't be afraid. If you've been with somebody in a long-term relationship, have that confidence to say to him, I love it when you do this for me. Mm-hmm. Or he will be super comfortable in saying, I love it when I can see you this way because you turn me on that way. We send each other cute photos every once in a while just to keep <laughs> each other kind of in check. I always send him, hey, this is your wifey. Right, Don't yeah. you forget it. Right, yeah. um, <laughs> just because it's cute and it's fun and he knows that um, he's got a hot wife at home. There's nothing else out there better. <laughs> That was a blushing moment for me. Yeah, but you know what? Relationships are not easy. And I think if you can find a way to... Nothing is easy. No, nothing is nothing. easy. Work is not easy. And Raising when you guys say it's conscious... 
Like yeah. you have to be completely conscious about the effort you're putting yes, into yes. the time. Yes, you must always be con- conscientious of everything that you're doing. And nothing is easy. I mean, work's not easy. Friendships are not easy. Uh, wine class is not easy. You know, it's it's nothing is easy. You always have to put effort into everything. Uh, if it was easy, like my father used to tell me when I was a kid, he was he always liked the easy route when I was like 12 or 13 years old. You have to challenge yourself. And I remember that from my father. And he says, you have to do something to continuously mm-hmm. better yourself. Mm-hmm. And, and I've always taken that, that mm-hmm. parenting philosophy into adulthood that it's no fun if it's just easy and if a marriage is supposed to be easy it'd be no fun it's fun when you succeed at something after it was challenging mm-hmm. and that's that's something that uh, is I think is important to remember as well and honestly like um, intimacy happens for us not just <laughs> during sex but it happens for us in a daily basis it's just holding each other's hands it's just hugging each other in moments where we need each other's comfort um, I will come to him and lay on his chest when I need something. We're not, 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 not even telling him anything. I just lay on his chest because I need that comfort. Um, there's moments when I, I'm going through PMS and I'm just really just um, feeling super down on myself. And I will just lay on top of him and that's enough for me to feel comfort. Or moments at night where he feels like he's just not feeling um, completely himself. He will lay on my lap and he will ask me to rub his back. There's little moments of intimacy and little things that you can ask for your partner to do for you that are going to connect to each other because, you know, we'll hold each other's hands and we don't have to say anything to each other. We just know that holding each other is a moment of... of, um, of of comfort it's a moment of just laying down whatever we're feeling like he goes through a lot of issues with his partners and his business partners and things that go on in business and work and he has to hold my hand just in order for him to feel like he's got someone that is there for him in a secure moment and that's all that it needs to be it doesn't have to be verbal it's a non-verbal cue Um, And for me, it's the same thing. You know, I've go through moments in my month, you know, where I'm feeling super insecure and super down on myself and not feeling good about my body. And I just lay down on his chest. He doesn't have to say anything. He doesn't have to give me any comfort. I just lay down and feel revived. And I go back and I go to sleep. I think those are things that happen in a, in a relationship over time that it's nonverbal and there's no cue. He just knows that I need to be there at that moment and I know that he needs to be on my lap for that moment and I don't have to question him. I don't have to say, what's going on? Why are you feeling this way? There's no questions. He just needs that comfort level at that moment and he needs for me to, to rub him, to, to caress him. Um, and soothe him for him to go back and feel okay I can confront whatever comes because honestly for two people who are type A personalities and don't seek out comfort from anyone we seek out comfort from each other and um, honestly sex doesn't have to be always physical sex can be something very emotional and mental and loving and um, 
surreal and soothing. Right. Um, and I think that's something that happens over time. I think a lot of young couples have this perception that it always has to be like fireworks. And that's, it's not the case. Right. It isn't really the case. Yeah, no, it's fireworks uh, is, well, it's kind of hard to do. Def- I always think it's fireworks. <laughs> I don't know, but it's it, it doesn't always have to be that. I see I see what you're saying. <laughs> it's fireworks for me. Oh, yeah. but I you. but I know which I, I know what you're. Uh, but but right. I think a lot of young couples you nowadays yeah. when they come to us and they say, "Oh, I want this, I want that, I want right. the relationship right. you have." And the one thing I say to them is, it's taken 20 years right, to get there, to get to the relationship right. we have right now. Yeah, it takes. And that's not to say that we haven't confronted a lot of issues along the way. It's really right. we have. Right. It's how we have confronted them and managed them that has got right. us to this point. It takes a lot of practice, like everything else. Mm-hmm. And it's it's like what I had mentioned earlier before. It's if you. Uh, it's not. It's not anybody. You can't just be good at it right off the bat. And if you want to, if you're going to get married, then you get married and have a relationship with someone because you want to have a relationship with that person. Otherwise, there's no need to get married. You you can you can stay single for the rest of your life and do things the way you want to do them. But if you're going to do it, then be good at it. Be I good at everything. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have two final questions for you guys. So the first one. What places, struggles, issues, and arguments have in the bedroom at this point? Coming up from what you were talking about, how it's... What, what place? I'm sorry, just repeat that again. How these struggles, issues, and arguments... No, sorry. What places, struggles, issues, and arguments have in the bedroom at this point? Like, whenever you have struggles, issues, arguments, do you still go on to have that version of sex that they call it... Uh, Post-fight sex, sex yeah. makeup mm-hmm. sex, right. angry mm-hmm. sex. Mm-hmm. Or do you just forgive each other, go to bed, and then keep going the next day? Or how do you work on that? Both. Both. I mean, it depends on... It depends on mm-hmm. multiple factors, you know. That's just human nature. Uh, everyone's different. But there has been makeup sex. I mean, there's been times where mm-hmm. uh, we've had some pretty nasty arguments mm-hmm. over the years. Mm-hmm. But one thing I had told myself is that I would never go to sleep upset at my wife. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm not going to throw my parents in the bus. I love them dearly. But there would be days where, <laughs> where they would not talk to each other mm-hmm. uh, and I told myself I didn't like that because to me I have to have closure as a centrist kind of personality yeah. immediately. I just mm-hmm. I want to fix the problem. I want to discuss it. And I always take a flexible approach. I'm always good at listening to whoever, in this case my wife Alicia's mm-hmm. uh, point of view. Mm-hmm. And and then understanding what they're trying to say and then find a middle ground where it's kind of a win-win for both of us. And I think that eventually leads to uh, sometimes at least to make up sex to kind of put like the icing on the cake or whatever and and as you could say but mm-hmm. I think and uh, you know pillow talk right it's it's something that pillow talk is big pillow for talk us. yeah it is yeah. because I think we get a lot of a lot of mm-hmm. our our daily grind out in pillow talk we come home we kind of vent about our, our mm-hmm. day are we mm-hmm. positive or negative or about our kids or parents family friends uh, partners or whatever whatever have you because as long as you communicate and the person knows your spouse knows what you're thinking, then I think that that's important too. Yeah, and 
I think that's something that we developed early on in our relationship is that we were always going to have pillow talk because we were not going to go to sleep right. being upset with each other. Right. And I can say to you, 20 years married, 22 years knowing each other, we have not gone to sleep pissed off at each other because we have dealt with it and we either apologize if I've done something that hurt him I apologize for it or he will apologize for it but I think with something that we have really been good about just keeping um, us you know centered in whatever we're doing and whatever we're upset about it's just letting it out and getting it out in the open because if we I think that if the moment that we start to 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 keep things that are pissing us off in our heart it well, just yeah. builds up and it just becomes bitter right as opposed to letting it out from the beginning and being like oh I didn't like when you did this I don't want you to do that again okay I'm sorry I won't do that again that's not gonna happen again right. Um, and maintaining a really good sense of like in the future, you know, sometimes Rusk feels like I'm not very open to some of his friends. Um, and I have to maintain a really open mind about, you know, we're getting together with some of his friends. I need to make sure that I'm there and I'm present and I'm not always judging people because I tend to judge people right. very straight up right. and right off the point yeah. but Russ does the same thing towards my friends and so that's something that we do for each other and we're like okay we're gonna keep an open mind right. I'm inviting people that are you know new and different into our relationship because honestly Russ and I will not do anything without each other we will not go on a on a on a date without both of us we are not going to go on a trip if both of us don't go right. together. Like it's extremely it's rare. It's something that we right. really have maintained from the beginning of a relationship. But, um, but that doesn't mean that other relationships shouldn't sometimes find reprieve. Yeah. Not everybody has the same same chemical hardwiring as we do. We just happen to click because we get along. Mm -hmm. Some people don't. We get click. along. Yeah. Some people don't click as well as we do. Some people click more than we do. But mm -hmm. for those that don't mm -hmm. click, I think sometimes getting away is healthy for a relationship. It is. Yeah. It's you know you don't want to see your friends too often. You don't want to see your parents too often. Mm -hmm. You don't want to see your kids. Your too family often. too often. Yeah. It's just it's normal. Yeah. It's natural. Mm -hmm. And it's nothing, there's nothing blasphemous about yeah. saying, I don't want to see somebody. We all need a break from people. One, you have to have something to talk about. If you see somebody too often, then then you're not, uh, you, you run out of things to talk. And then and then the other thing is that personalities clash. Not it, We're all different people. And for the record, Alicia likes my friends less than I like her friends. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you have to put that in the record? That's on the record. Why? Because my point, my point is that I've evolved over 20 years, is that Alicia and I have kind of changed, and I think this is important, Alicia and I have kind of changed, uh, We've the table has turned a little bit. I was very demanding very rough around the edges. I was stressed out from work all the time mm -hmm. for the better part of 20 years. I used to come home mm -hmm. stressed. And then Lisa started her store and then she kind of fell into the same, yeah. uh, she fell in the same bucket as I used to be in. And I let, and when I left the shop, I became less stressed out. I was mm -hmm. a happier person. Mm -hmm. I was more social. I had less uh, uh, weight that I was carrying on my shoulder. So it, yeah. made, it made me 
happy person. So I started becoming more social and trying to reach out to people that I kind of shunned to the side because I just didn't want to deal with anybody. Not because I didn't like them, but I just didn't have the mental energy to, to deal with them. And then Alicia had kind of <laughs> turned a little bit during the deal. But this is how it worked out in our relationship is that we became aware of what we were doing and then we made adjustments accordingly. And I think that keeps the intimacy going is that as long as you keep trying to to be to sell to self introspect right mm-hmm. uh, there's no other way you can mm-hmm. only introspect mm-hmm. it's, it's to introspect and realize mm-hmm. to make adjustments based on uh, the moment in time and then yeah. realizing I want I still want this relationship to succeed I see the value in the relationship and this is what I'm going to do uh, to make it work and I th- and going back to what we said the physical just naturally falls into place afterwards it does right it does absolutely and to conclude what would you recommend to your audience guys what tips can you give <laughs> oh, by the way sorry to inter- interrupt the question but Roscoe's looking into the bottle and right. that just sound that just looked like right I don't know if like whether it's sad or funny <laughs> no I was gonna I was gonna recommend the bottle <laughs> I was gonna bring a take it into consideration funny. we've been drinking yeah. since 9.30 in the morning right but finally what can you conclude what would you recommend to your audience or what tips can you give out to help couples that are just starting out mm-hmm. <laughs> like me uh, or couples that have been together for a while I'll let you take that one first yeah. You have to give advice more than me. Because you guys said a lot of, like, yeah. you gave out a lot of little jewels of mm-hmm. knowledge and wisdom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But however, like, how how can other couples apply it more to themselves? Like, for example... First of all, don't rush into it. Don't rush. Don't rush into it. Yeah. Because what you are in your 20s is not who you are in your 30s. Yes. Hopefully. That's the goal. No, of course. You evolve. It's, I'm going to throw another business analogy in here. In, in, in capitalism, right, because I, I was born in a communist country and I spent some summers in communism, so I did get some experience. In capitalism, the standard of living is supposed to increase from the time you enter the workforce from the time you exit the workforce. Mm-hmm. And that also applies to you as a person. The time you, you reach adulthood to the time you are no longer having productive years in your life, you should have, have evolved if you've made the right decisions as a person. And I think that applies to relationships. Don't think that the person you find in your 20s or your teens is the person forever because there's Mm -hmm. a great likelihood that person Mm -hmm. will change in their Mm -hmm. 20s and that's Mm -hmm. not the person that's going to work for you it 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 when is the right time i don't know it depends from from individual to individual but probably maybe a good rule of thumb i would say maybe early 30s is probably a good time yeah one biologically your brain is now fully it doesn't doesn't Mm -hmm. no longer grows right Mm -hmm. that prefrontal cortex we've all read about stops growing at 25 yes prefrontal lobe excuse me i know know (laughs) some scientists out there is going to say i said the wrong word but it's uh it stops growing at 25 and i think after 25 you have to find somebody that's when you can find somebody uh that is probably somebody that you can find as part of, but th- there's no guarantees i mean we've we've known people that have got married in their 30s and get divorced in their 50s and it work out for them it, it's a very broad topic there's a lot of different ways that you that a lot of factors that come in yes. that determine your relationships exactly. and all that but i think personally just from experience in my life a general rule of thumb is don't rush into a relationship i think you should always take it slow until you get a little bit older and like really learn the person's values 
um, before you really enter a relationship because values are going to be what keeps you um, in check for years to come in a relationship. For example, how do they feel about loyalty, integrity, honesty? Um, What do they see in terms of raising children? Do they see that as you see it yourself. Obviously, you're going to be evolving as time goes by. But as a young couple, you are going to be keeping those values just in front of you as much as possible. You know, Rusk and I come from immigrant parents. Our values are very much about the immigrant experience. Although we were both born in the United States, um, not born in the United States, but we were both raised in the United States because Rusk was born in a different country. Um, we had the same value system in terms of our parents and how they saw the world and how they saw us in terms of money, family, values, integrity, honesty. Um, We've been in the same house for 20 years. That is our immigrant values. We have never spent anything on we have not spent money on anything but travel because that was our immigrant value. Right. We did not, we said to ourselves from the beginning, we were not going to buy a new house if we didn't need to. We were not going to get our kids into private schools if we didn't need to. We were not going to do a lot of the things that a lot of the kids, you've got to be really on the same page right from the beginning because honestly, those are the things that are going to keep you alive as a couple as time goes by. You know, our kids became teenagers. And, 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 and things become a little bit harder. We maintain the same value system as we approach our kids, as we approach our marriage. So that's one really important thing that you've got to see as you're approaching a relationship, as you're looking somebody who's gonna lead the life with you. Are you the same value system? Again, it is so important that you really, 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 really yeah. look at that because um, we have we have confronted issues throughout our 20 years. And if we did not have the same values and the same um, way of looking at life, we would have probably gone, he would have gone one way, I would have gone another way. We would have never met in the middle. Right. But because we have the same system of values, we were able to see the middle, we were able to go front and forward. And I think also, I know we've talked about flexibility and communications Mm -hmm. and values, but I think another component is not to be prideful. I mean, there's a fine line between being prideful and dig and your and having your dignity or integrity insulted. I think a lot of the time, what I'm alluding to is that you go out on the first date, and in the first date, somebody says, "I like I like to drink vodka, tequila, uh, and whiskey, rum. rum." And then, but you're a wine drinker, and then all of a sudden, that's it. That, that's a no-brainer. It's it's not going to work out. And I think that's a mistake. I think that one, you get to learn from the other person. Okay, they're they're whiskey drinkers, and you're a wine drinker, and you get to share experiences. Mm-hmm. And I think that alludes to strengthening a relationship is that you bring different experiences in this world Alicia brought heart into my relationship I brought more of a mental game into her relationship mm-hmm. and we weren't immediately I, I wasn't immediately looking for somebody that was mentally hardcore as I was yeah. and she wasn't looking for somebody that was necessarily as heart driven or 
maybe emotional loving and affectionate, loving and affectionate yeah. because she came from a super affectionate family as her brother family. has said the other day in Oregon mm-hmm. they're the Brady Bunch you know I'm an only kid and no so, we were like a super affectionate right. loving family we hug and kiss each right. other all the time and yeah. Rusk wasn't used to that I found that to be very alien when I had first met yeah her. he couldn't but deal I, with that but I knew as a non-prideful person is that oh they're you know they're they're very emotional they're very you know lovey dubby and they like to hug mm-hmm. there must be something mm-hmm. wrong with them but I just took that as that's just the way they are yeah. it's just simple and I learned from that because yeah. it's good to be you, you learn later on in life it's just good to be simply just nice to people and it was something that Rusk adopted along along the way it was um he knew that I was very affectionate and loving and hugging and kissing all the time and it was something that he became very adept to as Later time on. went on right. that if I was to not be huggy lovey dovey he knew there was something wrong because right. he knew that was my core. MO that was my core that was right. my modus operandi right. yes that was my love language my love language was about right. affection love was it. about love was about hugging because that's how I was raised um, and so when he came into our family and he saw that and he realized ooh this is very different from what I come from he became very adept to it very easily and very quickly because he knew that that was how I um, showed my my love for him. And if things were not good with me and I'm upset and I'm pissed and I'm not being affectionate, he knew immediately that he needed to say something. Like, what's wrong with you? You're not being your usual affectionate, loving self because that's my modus operandi. Yeah, I come to him right. with tons of love and hug and kisses because that's, m- that's my upbringing. Right. One of the differences, for example, Lisa loved to dance, and I have literally two left feet. I can do. A, I can <laughs> I do. I dance a my I, whole life. I can. I can. I can do a lot of things. I cannot dance. We even tried. She even tried to teach me how to do cumbia one time. Mm-hmm. It was a disaster. My boys were laughing at me. <laughs> I mean, I'm like. Yeah, it was not good. It was like, I don't know. It was like a sumo wrestler trying to dance cumbia. Oh. I, just, I, I couldn't. I just. I couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it. But the thing is, is that she didn't give up on me because mm-hmm. I wasn't a dancer, and that mm-hmm. was extremely mm-hmm. core to her mm-hmm. bringing her way of life when mm-hmm. I had met her and she could have said oh you gotta be a dancer I don't date people that are not dancers yeah right and and she didn't so she realized that there was you can't you can't expect people to mm-hmm. be 100% like you and you don't want them to be 100% like you because that's mm-hmm. gonna wear out mm-hmm. you want somebody to be a little bit different because yes. you want that's I think that's the essence of the spice of relationship is that they're different you don't want them completely different but even maybe completely different but you don't want them to be identical that, yeah, no. That's going to wear itself out in, mm-hmm. in, a, in a year's mm-hmm. time or less. Mm-hmm. That's... No, but there were like other things that I discovered about you that were really right. important and, and crucial in me and my growth. <laughs> you know, you, you, you brought culture to me. You brought a worldliness to right. me that I had never been around. I had never known about. All I ever knew was what I read in books. Right. But you came from a middle class family where you you know, um, introduced me to the world and you introduced me to things and you, um, brought, (laughs) (laughs) you brought a really, um, amazing beauty to, to everything else that we were. And even though we were not from the same culture, we both came from immigrant parents that, um, 
taught us the same value system and I think that's something that we've maintained over 20 years that right. I think we've never given up on right. that we have kept even though there's been opportunities right. when people are like hey get this new business hey buy this new house hey get this new car we never did any of that right. we maintained right. our um, we're always, we're always, our sense of self right. through in 20 years in terms of value we're always very yeah. Cautious yeah, about our spending on other stuff. And so I think going back into and so I need to the get a topic. Third bottle. Oh, you need to go <laughs> get another. Um, you know, going back to the topic and, and and evaluating our intimacy after 20 years and like loving who we are, it's really about the evolution of the couple. Um, I think the the intimacy and the um, intensity of the physicality of a relationship just becomes more intense when the emotional and the nonverbal cues are are there and they're supplementing some of the physicality the going through issues together the confronting of problems together the idea that he steps in for me when i need him to step in for me the idea that i step in for him when he needs me to step in for him when he needs somebody to be that um that ear for his business um meeting and i step in for those are things that matter a lot more than a lot of the physicality how the person looks how the person you know is 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 rather young or not young i mean there's just so much more mental that comes into a relationship years along the way i think that's something we really need to highlight in our on our podcast episode today is that it's so much more than just lust it's so much more than just physical there's a huge beautiful component so much more so as you listen in to our podcast episode, I really want you to come back and give us some feedback. Tell us what you think. Go in there and um, let us know what you're wanting to hear more about. We are a podcast that is super flexible and here for you and ready to hear what you have to say. We are a couple that wants to give you guys the most um, insight, the most um, advice as possible as we go along in our life. Give us your feedback. Follow us at think underscore chick. Follow us at vibes by Alicia on Instagram. Tell us what you're thinking. We can't wait to hear from you. Also, go into my website. It's sponsored by Thinking Boutique by Alicia. T B B Y Alicia by dot com. Tell us what you're thinking. Go in there and see what you find that might interest you. And we cannot wait to hear from you again. Let us know what you're thinking. Thank you so much. Thank you guys for letting in, letting me interview you. Thank you, Ross, for being present. Thank you for the invitation. I appreciate it. I was a little skeptical about this uh, topic. A little too mushy-wushy for me. But I don't know. Let me know. You're a big teddy bear. Did I pull it off? You're a big teddy bear. <laughs> I gotta go another bottle. <laughs> He's a big teddy bear. All right. Guys. What kind of bear? Bye. Grizzly. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Arlette. <laughs>